The Missing Intelligence Podcast is part of the Acast Creators Network. Welcome to another episode of the Missing Intelligence Podcast, which is two friends with a lot to say, but no one to say it to. Uh, I'm the host, Michael. Uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> every week, every week I fuck up something. Hello, host, Michael. And I am other host, Joe. <laughs> I am your host, Michael Hobley, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Joe Barker. Joe, how are you doing? Thank you. I'm very good. Oh, I was going to get another way to say how are you doing. Let me, let me think on. How, how, how. Uh, how are you in... Guten Tag, mein Fräulein. Oh, so I did comma stars. Okay, apparently German is Wein gets. Wein gets? Uh, Joe, Joe, Wein gets. <laughs> Sorry, I was smoking. <laughs> um yeah I'm, I'm good um i just say i'm good i'm good good is that german good uh wunderbar, wunderbar. wunderbar. <laughs> <laughs> how about you are you wunderbar i'm uh, much mucho much mucho mr worldwide yeah but I've been a busy boy, man. So yesterday I played some D and D with my brother. We do it sort of every every couple of months. Um, although we're not going to be able to do it until February, at least February now, because he's going swelling off to Mexico for three months. Lucky bastard! Oh wow! And it was good fun. There was this one bit, Joe. So I don't, you haven't played D and D, have you? No, no, I haven't. So it's very sort of. I have a playing. life. Hey, <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. I'm joking. That... It's... It's, it's 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 a role yeah. playing game, right? So you roll, you, you know, you roll dice, and whatever the dice is, kind of in, decides what you if you what you do is successful and that kind of stuff. Um, we got we was traveling down this river on some canoes, right? And we got ambushed by these like big gold deskito shit things, right? Now because of where I was on the canoe, I couldn't move forward and attack them because people were in my way, so I couldn't do anything. So I just I was like I've I've, I've just got to shout because my sword has like an enchantment that if when I shout it booms and it's it's really loud. So I was like, I'm gonna shout and then I rolled what's called a <laughs> what did 20. you shout? Right. Fuck off! And I just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I literally did. <laughs> I don't get it. Can you just just for a bit of context? Because like you say, I've never done it before. So do you yeah. make up the story as you go along, like or so do you read the, it from a book? The one we're doing has been written, but there's so much to it that you can go off on loads of different tangents. And the dungeon master generally will plan for most of it and will try and keep you on track. So if you if you if you're in a town and you say you want to go to a brothel, there will be a little bit that he might be prepared for. There might be a little bit written in the book or whatever, but you can't stay in the brothel for all of eternity because that's just not going to, you're going to get kicked out. It's going to close at some point. So you need to go or whatever. So the dungeon master will move you along the path of the story. Right. Right. And, but you know, within reason you can do what you mm. want. You know, you, if, if you wanted to say, I want to steal this muffin from the thing, then you would roll some kind of check to see if, if you're, if what you do passes and if you roll high so you roll from one to 20 if you roll high it's successful if you roll low then you'll get caught right yeah. if you roll a 20 it's like perfection mm. yeah so i shouted at these desquitos and i rolled a 20 so it wasn't gonna fail it was perfect i killed two of them joe what by telling them to fuck off 
I said fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this has kind of got me interested in this game now. You can fuck off someone to death. I like it. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they're like the vibrations and something must have just fucked up with their brain. And, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I couldn't do anything. Maybe, maybe it was like, the oh, first time they heard some cockney geezer in a boat go, fuck off, like that. And it just had an heart attack. It just couldn't comprehend what was going on. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. So moving on, what have you been up to? Um, I had uh, so Dan had some family over from Ireland, uh, so oh, we nice. see them on Saturday. I got told off for the way that I drink my Guinness. Um, uh, yeah. you, oh, you don't sip it. I don't do sip it, but it's more of an ingredient that I add to it that that pissed off oh, Dan's whole Irish yeah. side of the family. You don't add like uh, yeah, blackcurrant or I like it a Guinness and black. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, you know, when you first drink a Guinness, you got to get it past the label. What in your what in your first drink? Yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Um, yeah. I, I was talking to so Dan's cousin's wife. Uh, she works in a bar, and she was saying that the perfect Guinness. I think she said it takes 122 seconds to pour the perfect Guinness you're supposed to what what a lot of bars do in England is they'll pour the Guinness then leave it to rest and then give Mm. it to the customer but what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to pour the Guinness till it's about an inch off the rim and then let it rest and then you put the head on it at the end yeah Yeah. yeah. I mean most bars I go into oh okay oh right and I also asked her, because I heard a lot of stories about how Guinness tastes a lot different in Ireland as it does to the UK. Um, mm. And she said it's because of the water, um, because we have a lot of additives in our water, whereas in Ireland they have a lot less. So their water's more tasty, whereas ours is more chemically. And she said that will have yeah, an effect on how it it's kind of, it's. It's kind of like with uh, pizza. They say that pizza just tastes different in Napoli, where obviously it was invented, um, and they they reckon it's because of the water. Yeah, well, when we, when we went to the Glenfiddich factory in in Aberdeen, they get their water from the fresh spring that comes down the Kiang. I think it was from the Kiangorns. I might right. be mixing two different stories, but they take their water from the spring, um, and that's what they say gives their whiskey its flavor because it's it's from that particular spring to the extent that where they've got the factory they've extended the i suppose river from the spring to go right through the middle of their factory so their water's basically delivered straight to them from the spring yeah i suppose it's yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) let god do it oh cool Hmm. Um, and then Saturday night, I went and see um, some family that I hadn't seen for a little while. It was my cousin's 40th birthday. So I had nice. a little catch up with, with the family. So I had a few drinks. When I say a few, I had about six double vodkas. <laughs> um, and I felt absolutely fine. When when we left, because we left early because we were driving back from, from from the party that was in Bexley Heath all the way back to Eastbourne that night. So when I left, I was like, pretty much sober, absolutely fine. And then about 
20 minutes into the car journey, I have no recollection <laughs> of getting home. You weren't, you weren't driving. No, 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 no. Dan was driving and okay, Dan was good. teetotal. It was fine. She was, she was completely sober. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just obviously all hit me all in one go. Were you necking them down? Is that what's happening? Uh, I wasn't really necking them down, but you know, when you're talking to, to people and things like that, so you, you're not really keeping an eye on how much you're drinking. Yeah, and especially because we were standing outside for quite a lot because we're smokers. So we were smoking and drinking and smoking and drinking. And then if you're listening to someone talking, you're just literally either got your vape in your mouth or you're drinking your mouth. <laughs> so, mm. uh, yeah, I don't suppose you really sort of keep an eye on it. But, yeah, it was eventful. Yeah, well, it was good to see family. It's always good yeah, to see family. Yeah, right? definitely. Definitely. And it was it was good to have a little catch up. Um, my cousin, one of my cousins, other cousins got um, married recently. So we were having a chat and uh, talking about like sort of expectations versus reality in terms of the actual wedding ceremony and things like that. So, yeah, it was nice. Okay. So that's kind of, that's kind of a continuation of the chat we had last yeah. week, Joe, about, you know, things that might change with your, um, your wedding. So, what what are you from your conversation with your cousin? What have you learnt that you know it may be a little bit of a different experience in reality than to what you might be thinking of? When so they said that they found it very difficult to get drunk <laughs> on their wedding day okay. well, because they were getting yeah, pulled apart uh, from sort of here, there, and everywhere. Um, apart from my cousin, yeah. he he managed to get drunk before the ceremony because he was so nervous. They said it, it's just such a, an an enjoyable experience. They said it was just, the whole day was just amazing. Like, they didn't feel like they were being pulled pillar to post, although they were. Um, And they said it it went really quickly, but it was really enjoyable. And just to sort of take a couple of seconds here and there, just to sort of drink it all in and and, and things like that. But, yeah, in terms of life after marriage, they didn't really get into that. And I didn't want to prod and pry. Um, (laughs) But, but yeah, no. So, yeah. uh, do you know what is it's made me look forward to the day a lot more not not that i wasn't looking forward to the day because i definitely was but um yeah just sort of because because you hear horror stories about people when they say like the wedding day was wasn't great because they were getting pulled around and and they didn't really get yeah. to, a chance to enjoy it for themselves because they were sort of entertaining everybody else um but to hear it from them saying that yeah it was it was amazing really sort of drums at home that it's going to be an enjoyable experience um yeah so talking about last week mike i now have the list of things that dan has to change so i thought this would be good to to bring up on the podcast just in case anyone was thinking of saying yes to their partner's um proposal (laughs) this is definitely something you have to take into consideration okay so this is the list <clears throat> prepare myself <laughs> you can register a name change at your local registrar's office hmrc work passport driving license dvla doctors dentist hospital mortgage re- uh, rental agreement bank update debit cards and credit cards tv license internet provider gas and electric provider water and utility bills cancel tax house insurance car insurance car tax any store cards any loans car finance catalogs private pensions or power of attorney also private number plate registration medical and dental insurance land registry her will and 
stored loyalty cards like Tesco's club card. So just a couple of things. So just yeah. a few things, yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck that. Is my first <laughs> um, and how, did she say how many of those would charge her to change? If, if um, yeah, so she said that, that there's a few. Um, we're quite fortunate in the case that our passports run out at roughly the same time that we get married. So you'd need to so renew, we need to renew anyway. them anyway, yeah. And, and I think if you can provide your wedding certificate, your marriage certificate, you get a, uh, you don't have to pay for your replacement passport. Right. Although I will have to. I think it's not much, though. I think it's like 35 quid or something like that to, to renew it. Yes. Yeah, if you lose right. it, that's when it, they charge you like 100 quid or something ridiculous. But, mm. yeah, if it's just a, a renewal, I think it's about 30 quid. Or they could be licensed. I might be getting the two confused. Mm. But, yeah, she said that her insurance, she does have to pay. There's a couple of things like our mortgage we don't have to pay for. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine stuff like store cards and whatnot. I'm sure, I'm sure there's just like an account you can go on and. Yeah, change and to be fair, even with some insurances, so I think if your insurance company offer the option to change things online, you can change it without mm. being charged. It's only if you do it over the phone with some some insurance companies. Uh, and that goes for anything, even if you need to change like your registration plate and things like that. Um, if you do it on, it's because they're they're obviously trying to entice people to doing everything online so that they don't have to hire as many people to man the phones. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think my old insurance did that. Any any changes that you had to make, you could change them for free if you just use the internet rather than mm. ring them up and bother them. Fair enough. Well, that's a lot. Yeah. And certainly not enough that I, or certainly too much that I would forget a good number of them. Oh, yes. But I know, Danny, she's very, very yeah. organised. How's your leg? Oh, how's your heart? Oh, yeah, my leg's all right. But I had quite a bit of manual work at work uh, today. So I'm a, I'm a bit achy all over. Um, but, right. you yeah, know, I'm all good. I'm all good. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, this week, Joe, uh, we have another question from Uncle Disco. Roll that tape. Hello, Michael and Joe, and welcome to Uncle Disco's Question of the Week. What are your favourite hobbies and pastimes? I'm, I'm going I'm to take the lead for this one. Because oh! I've got loads. I've got fingers in many, many pies. <gasps> okay. Obviously, I count the podcast as a hobby, so that's... Yeah, it's obvious. I can't. It was work, you see, because it's you always don't have to a do chore. Anything. You just talk fucking to you. talk. I do all the bloody editing. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind the editing. The editing, I, I think, it's quite fun. So the podcast is one. Um, football is another. Both watching and playing football. Uh, mm. I don't play football nearly as much as I used to. Um, for those of you you're listening, uh, I was I was a goalkeeper, pretty good goalkeeper, I would say. I was, I was all right. I sport West Ham. As I'm sure you know by now, listening to these podcasts, someone's got to, aren't they? Champions of Europe, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, as we mentioned in the last episode, we spoke extensively about it. I go to the gym very regularly. Um, I think I've mentioned it before. I play drums in a band and I'm quite musically minded. I try and go to as many gigs as I can, it's particularly like local live music gigs. They're 
they're really important to go to. I like to travel. I consider that a bit of a hobby because um, not everyone travels, I guess. And then the big thing that's always been a, a hobby of mine, and I think that's where mine and Joe's friendship really grew other than at school, is through gaming, both video and board games. I feel terrible because I can only think of a couple. You just reeled off <laughs> fucking loads. But this this is the thing, though. I've got, like, no time for anything else. So I'm, I sound like a boring cunt compared to you. <laughs> can we drop C-bombs on here? I don't think we have, have we? No. Do it again. Oh. Cunt. Cunt. Oh, we've done it three times now, Joe. <laughs> That's it. Now we're all rated. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get kicked off YouTube again. <laughs> yeah, so mine are pretty much that. Um, I love listening to music, listening to podcasts, watching films. I love films, especially Marvel stuff and things like that. I suppose it's not really a hobby. It's more of just a... No, it is. What it I is. like to do, yeah. Because um, you, you, you go far more into it than I do with particular um, genres of music, uh, films. Yeah, I suppose um, so, because obviously like, I like actual comic books as well and collecting. I collect a few things, you know. I collect, obviously, comic books, mainly Deadpool comic books, because he's my favourite character. But also over the last sort of year, I've been collecting... Um, Empire magazines. What are those? <laughs> um, Empire magazines, like a um, a film magazine. Okay. Basically, um, but I signed up to Empire to get so I get sent the new the new magazine every month, and because it's because oh, I've, I've I'm signed up to it, I get all the collector's edition covers as well. Like the one I right. sent you yesterday for uh, the new the new issue is for. It's Napoleon, isn't the it? The Napoleon movie, yeah. So they they tend to get like a a particular artist to uh, to do the cover for them, and you get some really cool ones. And eventually, I wanna I wanna put them in some frames and maybe hang them up in in the games room or or in the bar once it's built. Yeah, so I'm a bit well, of I th- a collector, I, th- I, th- I suppose. Yeah, as I say, I think collecting things uh, counts as a hobby. Yeah, because you also collect your Funkos, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got my Funko pops. I've got. Loads, but with that, uh, I kind of I know a lot of people that collect them, and their collections give me a lot of OCD because they've got loads of different characters from different shows and things like that. Yeah. So what I've got in the habit of doing is just getting the Marvel ones and getting my favourite character from every Marvel film. So right. getting one Funko from each film or TV show. But who was my favourite in that particular show or TV or, or film? Right. Um, yeah. So I feel like my collection's got a little bit of character to it. Yeah. A little bit of a theme. Um, but I used to take them out of the box as well, which is a, which is apparently a big no-no. Yeah. Now you've got to preserve it, Joe. Yeah, exactly. Which is a shame because there's a couple that I've that I really like that I've taken out of the box now. Um, a couple of them were limited edition. I've got a. Um, a Black Panther when he's in his warrior mask, uh, when they're doing he's fighting Killmonger um, right. at the riverfront, um, and I've also got a Bob Ross Deadpool as, <laughs> as well, which is one of my favourites. But I took him out of the box, which is a shame. But I'm gonna paint a happy, a happy death, a, happy death. <laughs> a little happy death down by the water. <laughs> happy, happy little bodies, happy little dead bodies. <laughs> 
to be fair, I think these. I've always been under the impression that they're so. I think they're so overproduced that I don't think there's got to be a lot of sale value in the future for them anyway. So that's not really what I collect them for. Yeah. Unless you were going to get like, because they do limited edition ones where they'll hand out like eleven at San Diego Comic Con and things like that, and then obviously they're gonna obviously rise in well, value. I mean, but... Pokemon's massively produced, and they're they're definitely collectibles, and you can make some money off those. Yeah, I suppose so, but. It's like most things. You need to sort of. There needs to be. There needs to be yeah, yeah, higher demand and uh, limited supply. Yeah, that reminds me of a story. So years and years ago, someone I know. I'm not going to name him on here just in case. But was a truck driver. He was doing a delivery as he normally does, and his last delivery of the day was a just a, a box, quite a small box in the back of his truck, dropped it off, and uh, this guy's come out, uh, taken the box, and then two other blokes have come out with white gloves on, carefully opened it up like it's some kind of surgical procedure, took <laughs> it out, and it was a, a bottle of wine. I can't remember what, what, what the particular wine was, but it was one of six bottles in the world. Um, this this particular wine, he said to him, "Oh, if I'd have known that it was so rare, because this bottle of wine um, apparently was worth like uh, sixty grand or something like that," and he said, okay. "If I'd have known what it was, I wouldn't have. I, I, I would have kept it up in the cab with me, rather than have it sliding around in the back of my truck." <laughs> and uh, they said to him, "No, they what they do." is they purposely send these bottles of wine around the world. They'll keep one of them for themselves or, or two of them in stock, but send the others around the world and then in in the hopes that they'll get broken or go missing or something. Because then what they'll do is they'll just claim off of the insurance and then it rises the value of the remaining, the remaining ones. ones yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. cheeky. That is cheeky. Yeah. But 60 grand for a bottle of wine is ridiculous. The thing is, you're never going to drink it, are you? No. It's like these... And it's it's, it's like with um, the cryptocurrency. Mm. They're only worth that much because people put the value on them. They're not actually valuable. So it's the same with like wine. It's just wine. Yeah. People think it's worth more or they they want to pay more for it to have it for whatever reason. Exactly. It's, it's just weird. It's like art, isn't it, as well? It's very much down to... There's got to be a person that particularly wants that piece of art. There's mm. got to be a story behind it, or there's got to be something. You look at, like, Banksy. A few years ago, he, he he pulled a prank. I suppose it's a prank or a stunt, um, where he sold this piece of art, and he put it in a frame that had a built-in shredder. Yeah. And as soon as the gavel went down it dropped halfway through the frame, so it shredded the bottom of, of this piece of art. Well, it was supposed to go the whole way through it, jammed. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. But yeah. what's left now, the the frame with the shredded bits hanging out the bottom and the last of it just poking out the top, it mm. like tripled or quadrupled in value just yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's, it is. It is crazy. But it, like you say, Mike, it is. It's... If people were willing to pay that kind of money for these things, that's where that's why the value goes up. 
there's no rhyme or reason to it. People don't manufacture these bottles of wine like 50, 60 years ago and go, right, we're going to put it up to sale, brand new bottle of wine for 60 grand. Well, well, they may well do if it's got like, I don't know. Well, yeah, when they're established, they will. But Yeah, yeah. but it, it's silly. But you're right. If if people just stopped paying the money, they would it have would to. Produce, yeah, yeah, because then you'd, it's, again, it's supply and demand, isn't it? If you've got a yeah. low supply and high demand, you can put whatever price tag you want on it. Yeah. Uh, but if the demand drops, then the price drops. It's the same with watches. I never understood the fascination with buying watches. And obviously, no. watches can rise and low in price. No. And they're collectibles, but I've never understood the fascination no. with that kind of stuff. I've never felt the need to spend ridiculous amounts on a watch. I've got yeah. a nice watch that I like the look of. The look of, and that's my main watch that I'll use. And until that breaks, I won't bother going out and getting another watch. Yeah, because I like that watch. Because I picked that watch, I didn't feel the need to just go. Oh, Omega are bringing out a new watch this month. I need to go get. But having yeah. said that, Mike, I suppose not so much now. But I did use to collect trainers. You did, yeah, I remember mm. that weirdo but you worked at jd at that point didn't it? So yeah it was of... so i was kind of surrounded by trainers all the time and i was buying i, I don't know a few reasons there was there was trainers that i did particularly like um but it also opened up the world of trainer collecting for right. me where i was buying like stupid price trainers online and not using them, just keeping them in their box and then selling them on again. Did you actually do that then? Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, I've done it with, with a few things. Where I made, I did make quite a good bit of money off of it, to be fair. Some of it was a bit dodgy. Like buying yeah. shoes with me discount at JD and then selling them off for yeah. more expensive ones the yeah. stock had gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think any JD executives are watching this, so I think I've got away with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on the door. To be fair, I wasn't the only one doing it. It was every single store, especially because I was working there around the time the all-white Harachis come out and the all-black Harachis come out. And literally, we used to have probably about 60 pairs that used to come in in a delivery. And within that tw- that day, they would have gone. Yeah. yeah, I remember when I did my Christmas temp there yeah. and the black Harachis came in. Yeah. And- yeah, it's gone. To the extent the that we they didn't we didn't even put them in the stock in the stockroom. Mm. As soon as they came in, we took them all to the till and just put them all up at the till. So people were coming in, you could just grab a yeah. shoe size and just send them on their way, as opposed to running backwards and forwards to the um to the till. And there was no uh, trying on. Uh, do they still make harachis? I used to like my harachis. Yeah, they do. They do. They're not really in anymore but yeah no. I mean, they're, they're probably more in than my sketches oh yeah most definitely I, because i, I can't imagine sketches, sketches are ever going to be in to be fair mate but... oh man they're so comfortable <laughs> so like, comfortable. you know when you get old when you buy shoes for comfort as opposed to what they look like <laughs> i don't care they're comfy as fuck <laughs> but yeah i would say that's pretty much that's pretty much all my hobbies and a bit of golf from time to time well you do a bit of gaming as well didn't you Oh yeah, yeah, a bit, a bit. Practically I think every night. All, as I say, at this point, I think you're a bigger gamer than I am. Yeah, 
The well, thing is, uh, other things occupy my time. <laughs> the reason I don't know because gamers have got like this reputation for if you're a gamer, you play Fortnite or you play Call of Duty, you're online like chatting shit about someone's mum and just running around the the map. But I've never been into playing games online. I, I actually don't like playing games online. No, I like unless unless it's with friends. Yeah, exactly. The only the only games I really like playing is apart from sort of the ones that I'll get every year, like FIFA or a Madden, like the sports games. The other games that I will get are purely the ones with a good storyline. That's all I'm looking for in a game. I don't care whether it's got hours and hours worth of of playtime. You can do that, like this, that, and the other. I couldn't care less about that. As long as the main story has a good story and the way you play is it's, it's got a good mechanic, then, yeah, I'm down. But, yeah, never been into online games at all. Well, I mean, we used to play GTA back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. But again, again, that was amongst us lot. Yeah. But that, like you said, that was a bit different because that was like, yeah, it was, it was just us lot. And it wasn't like PvE. Uh, uh, sort of yeah. PvP, uh, which is player versus player. I, I don't like player versus player. I get too wound up. <laughs> yeah, there's, I'm there's too competitive. Always, there's, there's always people that just ruin it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I, I like the games where you can play with a friend or mm. something like that, like rather than going into like a big online sort of server and yeah. pissing about with strangers. Yeah, I mean, again, it depends on the game. Like, I play Overwatch online with other people, and that's genuinely pretty good, mm. pretty fun still. But yeah, games like Call of Duty, where it's like so mainstream and just everyone plays it, yeah, just opens it up to more people just being dickheads. Yeah, it's just not what you need. The whole reason is that I play games is to unwind after a day's work. Yeah, I could just chill out. I don't want to really be get in the ump with games when I don't need to. Well, talking about games, Joe, I've got a bit of game news. <gasps> really? Um, yes. Oh, my God. Well, I'm oh, listening. I, I can share just the just the article. That's kind of cool. Oh, are you going to do the screen sharage? Yes. Oh, look at this. Uh, for, for those of you that obviously can't see our screen, we, we're using a new recording software. Yeah, so through Acast, we're able to record record with Podcastle. Um, So we're using this for the first time um, in preparation for a special episode we're going to be bringing out in in a month or so. So keep an eye out for that. Um, But anyway, the article I've got for you, Joe, and I know you're going to be just as excited as I was seeing this article. South Park. South Park is getting a co-op game. (gasps) Oh. Yes. Um, and they're bringing the characters into three and dimensions. <gasps> wow. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. It is, if you watch the video, if you watch the, like, the trailer. Oh, there's a trailer. Yeah, it is odd. All right, so let me, let me talk through the thing. So coming to PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, and Nintendo Switch, Switch. in 2024, South Park, Snow Day, We'll see up to four players wreak havoc during their time off school while also trying to prevent the end of the world. <laughs> Join Cartman, Stan, Kyle and Kenny in three-dimensional glory to celebrate the most magical day in any young child's life. 
a snow day. Grab up to three friends and battle your way through a snow-piled streets of South Park on a quest to save the world and enjoy a day without school. It looks weird being it, do- it looks look, It does look very odd. Because I do like that in the uh, the other two games that I brought, brought out, so there was Stick of Truth and then the... What was the second one about the... Uh, you had the Stick of Truth, which was the first one, and yeah. the Fractured Butthole. Oh, yes, it Fractured Butthole, yeah. I liked the fact that they kept them 2D because it was almost like an episode of... Yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's strange, isn't it? It is, but it kind of looks like it's South Park taken to a mobile game, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, do you know what? It's It's strange to see. But then again, do you remember the gem that was Simpsons Hit and Run? Yeah. Because obviously they they done that on in three D, and I, I yeah. suppose that, that's that's getting a um, that's close to coming out the the remaster. The remaster, of that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so, so obviously both of us have played the the two previous games, the yeah. Fractured Butthole and the Stick of Truth, and if it's anything like those games where it's going to have like callbacks and little moments where you're like, Oh, that was like in this, it's going to be fucking hilarious. Oh yeah. It, it definitely um, will. Cause it, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that it's still going to be headed by Matt Stone and, and Trey Parker. You would have thought. Yeah. Although this time around, it doesn't look like you're creating a character. It looks like you're taking control of one of the four, uh, main, main characters. characters. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I'm totally going to be Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. It's an it's a great premise. I, yeah, right. I'd be it, interested to see how the end of the world falls into it, or whether it's in if it's just like in their imagination, or if it's actually. Oh, it's bound to be. Yeah, but yeah, because it, 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 it looks like they're still going down the roots of the because they're not superheroes. It doesn't look like in this one, so it looks like they're reverting back to the stick of truth type stuff. Where, yeah, the D and D kind of. Uh, yeah, that kind of look. Yeah, like Game of Thrones type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carmen's looks... wearing wearing his wizard's outfit. Yeah, is it wizard? He's a wizard. He's a king wizard, isn't he? He is. Yeah, king. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, with the three D, obviously they've they've got lots of shadow and things like that, and they've it looks incredible. <laughs> it does look really good, like a pretty game. I, I know this is only a cinematic, and you can't really grasp from there what it's going to look like. But I think the fact that in the cinematic they've used that 3D effect, I imagine it's going to yeah. give us a good idea of what it's going to look like as a game. Yeah, and it looks like it's going to be sort of like a top-down playing as well. Yeah. Rather than sort of third person, if you like. Oh, well, I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for that because that's going to be... Yeah, definitely. It's, it's very, very, I think it was announced two, two or three days ago, so it's still very, very new. Right. Um, so there's not much to see. But it does look like it's going to be just a whole load of chaos. I'm even seeing screenshots of like a bit of blood and gore and stuff. So. Yeah, I did notice that in the trailer that they they don't. Yeah, they're not they're not backing off of the uh, the blood yeah. and gore. I suppose it's why would they? They they're not. South Park's never been one for what sort of holding anything back or reining yeah. anything in so oh no I'm, do you know what i'm looking forward to that it'll be interesting it's a shame that we haven't really had any um obviously we've, we've had no e3 this year when it probably looks like we're never gonna have a e3 again to be honest because of lack of interest because it would be nice to, to sort of see a, a bit of a deeper dive into this mm. but i imagine yeah we'll, we'll just have to wait and see as as 
as more trailers and more information comes out. Yeah, for sure. And in terms of uh, any other kind of news, Joe, I have nothing. Um, as everyone's well aware of, there's strikes going on in Hollywood, so that's kind of put a halt on any kind of new news. The only thing I've got is that um, apparently some of the special effects artists um, at Marvel have started to unionise as well, so it looks like we could potentially see a another strike from the special effects artists as well, um, whether that's going to be in conjunction with the actors and writers or whether it's just going to be something completely different. We'll so we'll have to see. I'll tell you what, John, I'm going to go off a little bit of a tangent, right? Mm-hmm. The sunset tonight is bloody lovely. It's very orange. Oh, I don't it's know. I've got my blind closed and I can't be asked to get up and have a look. Yeah, um, um, yeah about, about two seconds. Are you... <laughs> Very pretty. <laughs> I know we haven't got much news, but the fact that you're distracted by a sunset as opposed to talking about well, what's it's, going it's, on. It's because my it's room not a good in, a, in a very weird shade at the moment, so I was kind of like, oh, what's going on? And then I looked out the window. Sorry, I'm not talking to the mic. Uh, my room's in a very weird shade, in case you didn't hear it, and I looked out the window to see what's going on, and this is a beautiful, lovely sunset. Nice. Lovely. Well, should we get on to the sport, Joe? Because uh, I've got nothing else to talk about. Other <laughs> Are you sure you sport? don't want to talk more about the sunset? Well, I could try. <laughs> it's very yellow. There's not much reds going on. But I wonder if the sun, if when it like goes down a little bit more, I wonder if the reds then start coming out. Because mm. you know why? You know why it goes red and yellow, right? No, it's because of the light particles. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, I watched a, um, a Neil deGrasse Tyson clip, right? So the reason why the sky is blue is because the way the sun, the light particles comes into our atmosphere and hits the sort of pollution particles and other types of particles in the atmosphere. I knew that it collects more the blue hues, light than yeah, it the does hues, anything else. Yeah, the, the blue hue comes out more because yeah. we see red, blue, and green. Mm-hmm. And then when the when the sun is lowering up down the horizon because of the curvature of the Earth, the way the light comes and hits these particles changes the dominant hue. So that's why it goes yellow and red. Mm. There you go. Nice. Do you know what, on on that sort of note, do you know what colour a mirror is on a technical level? Oh, this is, this is like low-key uh, philosophical. Um, <laughs> it's whatever colour it decides. What is the colour of your mirror upon <laughs> the wall? <laughs> um, it's, it's actually green. So obviously it reflects a lot of light because it's mirrored but it collects more green than it does any other color so technically mirrors are green i don't believe you <laughs> <laughs> i've got a big ass mirror right here and i'm looking at it going no it's definitely it's definitely not green <laughs> it's definitely brown well if you could see white. it then it would be boring fact wouldn't it if I said what colour's an orange, well, did you know it actually collects more orange particles but, than it does any other particles, and that's yeah, why it looks Joe, orange. But Joe, like, you can't see God, but that does make him a fact. <laughs> well, no, I can, yeah, I but can, that's, I that's good the... for my argument, though. I... No, that's you're what I'm taking saying. my I, argument. I no, because no, I can't see the green, so it doesn't make it a fact. 
Whereas I can see the bloody sunset going down in different colours. Yeah. Do you know what you colour you are? <laughs> oh, careful now. <laughs> Eggshells. Egg <laughs> <laughs> I'm beige. You're... <laughs> I was going to say you're red because you've obviously got angry. <laughs> Right, let's move on to football, shall we? Let's do that. Because the first game week, week game, whatever they call it, game week? Game that week, week, um, yeah. Game day, week, game. Week one, game week. The first game of the Premier League played. (laughs) God, fucking words. This week (laughs) is the first week of games for the Premier League. Yeah. Now, we, we and Joe have been nominating and ahhing about how we're going to do um, the sports segments once the season starts. We were toying with going through all of the results. We were toying with um, not going through all of the results. <laughs> we were basically trying to figure out what would be the best. And because of some, some comments that we've had, uh, we realise at this point the, the listeners that we have aren't all that interested in football but we are so we're going to carry and talk about it so yeah and it's our podcast and if you don't like it make your own podcast yeah, so, yeah. talking about why you don't like our podcast yeah. so that we can still get some traffic yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so what we decided with is we're going to keep it down to talking about west ham and chelsea and then if there's any other news that's interesting and in, to us because uh, ultimately the whole premise of this podcast is where trying to emulate or at least recording the conversations we would naturally have. Mm-hmm. And naturally, we would talk about Chelsea and West Ham. We wouldn't necessarily talk about Man United unless there's something we would talk about that, about Man United. Does that make sense? Yeah, we're, we're not going to be doing a rundown of every single game of everything that happened every week. Um, it's more going to be a, a brief overview. If there's anything that particularly stands out, then obviously we'll we'll discuss it. But yeah, we're not we're not going to be talking about um, statistics from every single Premier League game for the whole season. Yeah, um, yeah we're not match of the day. No, we're I'm not, not Gary Lineker. No, exactly. Although you look like him, you got his ears. Um, no, you're not. Fuck off, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to be doing anything like that. We're just going to stick mainly to um, to just, just big headlines. Yeah, or yeah, West Ham. Or West Ham. Well, or the... So I'm I'm going to start, Joe, because we've got a lot to talk about with the Premier League. Yep. Um, I'm going to start with the England women's national team. Ooh. So they've they beat Colombia in the quarterfinal. Come on, you lionesses! Come on, Did girls! You? So they're now through to the semi-final, who uh, in which they are playing Australia. Um, so if they beat, obviously we get to the final. Um, and then the other leg of the semi-final is Spain versus Sweden, which is going to be a pretty tough game because they're both two decent teams. And I, rec- I reckon Sweden's got it. Um, See, I and Australia Spain... been playing very. You reckon? Yeah, I I think England Spain final. Nah, I reckon Sweden England. But I, I, what I was going to say is Australia's been playing very very well this tournament, so yeah. that's not going to be an easy game. Um, See, I think the opposite. <laughs> I'm not just doing this because the last two of your uh, predictions have been shocking. <laughs> yeah, no, they have. <laughs> but I've I watched the highlights from the France Australia game, and I didn't think Australia looked very good at all. Really? Yeah, I I didn't think they looked very threatening. They had opportunities. I think the the biggest standout for them is Sam Kerr. 
Um, she come off the bench against France and really changed up the game and, and gave a little bit of life into Australia. But apart from Sam Kerr, I don't think they've really... In that game in particular, I don't think they really shone. But yeah, well, I mean that, that might be because they're up against France, who are a decent team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is they're, that, they're and you can have off, off days in football, and like <clears> the <throat> pressures as well of it being a, a quarterfinal in in the World Cup at home as well. Um, yeah. So they've got all that stress behind them as well, I suppose. But um, yeah. I think what was it? It was eighteen penalties they took each in the end. Really? Yeah, no. uh, yeah. It, it was. I think it was eight seven on penalties. Um, and they went all the way through the team and then some um, <laughs> with, with the penalty taking. So, yeah, yeah. a long one. At what, at what point do you just go revert back to, oh, next goal wins? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's sitting there looking at their watches go, Jesus Christ, I've got to be up for work in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they wouldn't say that. They go, oh, I've got to get to work in the morning. <laughs> Bloody hell, mate. I suck what I bleh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ, I only want you to watch a bit of footy and go home. <laughs> wow, that is terrible. <laughs> right, so bef- be- well, I was going to say before you embarrass yourself even further, <laughs> then you embarrass yourself even further. Onto the, onto the Premier League. Yes. Uh, so West Ham opened their account with a one-one draw to Bournemouth, mm-hmm. which I think was kind. Of, we we kind of deserved to win. Bournemouth played well. Yeah. Um, I thought their goal was a little bit lucky. It was a deflection that brought it into the path of Solanke, who then uh, took it around the keeper and scored. But it looked like we dominated the game very well. Um, Bowen took a fucking beauty of a strike. Yeah. Um, but we hit the post and the crossbar a couple of times, and there was a, f- a few instances of the ball sort of being pinged around the six-yard box. So we, we should have done better, but um, yeah, it's not bad. No, draw on a first game, not, not so bad, I don't think. How did Chelsea get on? Uh, so Chelsea drew 1-1 with Liverpool. Um, I was Good worried. Result, I was worried in the first sort of 20 minutes of the game. Right. Chelsea looked unsettled. Their, their passing accuracy was all over the place. They looked rattled. They really did for the first 20 minutes. Um, and then obviously conceded and just really struggled to to get themselves together. There was a couple of counter-attacking opportunities within those tw- first 20 minutes, which gave a little bit of life. But yeah, overall, I think for the first 20 minutes, they they looked like fish out of water. But after that 20 minutes, they really turn it on. And I'm not just saying that as a Chelsea fan. Um, I think they really come out of their shells. May have been a different case had Salah's goal stand uh, stood, because um, obviously his goal got um, denied for offside. And then obviously the Chelsea equaliser. And then I think it was two minutes later, Chelsea scored again. But then that was disallowed for offside as well. Um, right. But I think overall, where we lacked last season was the was the scoring, the build up play, the scoring yeah. really looked. We we didn't have any threat about us whatsoever. Whereas in in that game, obviously ignoring the first twenty minutes when they were sort of trying to get to grips with the game, they looked much better going forward. Counter attacking was amazing. Moved the ball around really well. Yeah, I think overall one one draw at Stanford Bridge for the first game of the season with a relatively against new... a, 
squad against, and against Liverpool. a decent team. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I'll take that all day long. I feel, yeah. Again, what, apart from the first 20 minutes, I think Chelsea played how Chelsea are supposed to play. What, what do you reckon has been the bigger influence on that? Pochettino or the fact that you've like kicked out so many t- players and now it's not a, it's not like a 25-man starting 11. It's now a starting 11. Mm. Well, again, I think that still goes down to Pochettino. I think he, he's, he's really given life, I think. Chelsea needed a clear out. They Like you said, we had... We had too many players who demanded first-team football week in, week out, um, and obviously lacked space. And there was a lot of positions where we had numerous players that could sit on our first team that just wasn't getting the player time. The the likes of Pulisic, Ziyech, last season. Yeah, weren't which really... doesn't help with cohesion as well. No, which exactly. Big... Which yeah. And it's a shame because it's you don't want those players to fall out of love with the club because... They're quality players. I was gutted to see Pulisic go because I think he's going to be an incredible player. He's shown such promise. Um, so yeah, I'm a bit gutted about that, but I, I definitely think it's down to Pochettino. I think he's okay. he's definitely brought that team element back in. Obviously, it's a brand new team. He's purposely picked players that he thinks are going to play well together as well, um, as opposed to just grabbing hold of everyone who who. who who's a big name. I think Poch is going to do well. He done well for, for Tottenham. I know they still didn't get the silverware that they were hoping for, but you think of the how Pochettino changed the dynamic of that club to what they are now. The thing is, he got given well. time at Tottenham. Yeah. I don't know, even with your new change of ownership, I don't know if your club will do that. I think there's going to be more leeway in terms of the management. I just hope that he... Gives, it's no secret that Pochettino is the type of manager that wants to be at a club for a while to build a good squad, and he can do it. And yeah, he's I've got done a lot of faith in him to to mm. do it. And I think a lot of the Chelsea fans that I've spoke to are in the same vein. They're happy to sit out the next couple of seasons if it means that we get back into a consistent run of going for the Premier League. For sure. So, fingers crossed. It, 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 I'm hoping that if Todd Bowley ain't hearing shit from the fans 24-7 about how shit the manager is, he will just sit back and let him crack yeah. on with doing what he's he's doing. I think he kind of pandered to the fans quite a bit right. uh, when it comes to, to Potter. I mean, it wasn't a secret that Potter just... what it, I don't. Potter's not a bad manager in any stretch of the imagination. Potter's a good manager, just not... He just wasn't what Chelsea needed that season. Another bit of news as well that's just come through today. Caicedo is signed for Chelsea. He's oh, yeah, he's signed. He's signed. It? Yeah, he's he uh, completed his medical, and he is now a Chelsea player. Right, confirmed from what I've seen. One hundred and fifteen million for one hundred and fifteen million. Obviously, there was a. Uh, if you haven't been following what's going on with Caicedo. There was three teams after him, Chelsea, uh, Liverpool and Bayern Munich. So what Brighton did, which I've never heard this before. I didn't know that this was a thing, but this sounds cool. They held a overnight auction for Caicedo between the three clubs. 
a literal auction of who's got to be the highest bidder. Yeah, yeah. Hang on, hey, no, but the Liverpool is going to Liverpool is going to Bayern Munich over there at the back. So Liverpool actually won the bid for 115 million. Chelsea's highest bid they put in, which was for about, I think 108 or 109, but Caicedo's turned around and said that he didn't want to go to Liverpool. He wanted to go to Chelsea. Um, oh, wow. So Chelsea rejiggled some some bits and finally put through a, a, a what Brighton wanted, which was 115 million. And uh, and yeah, now we have Caicedo. I, I still think that's way overpriced. I think he's a good player. He's young. And he shows a lot of promise. It's t- only time will tell, really, whether he's worth the money or not. Chelsea needs someone in that position. Obviously, with Kante leaving, we need someone who's going to be consistent as a centre defensive mid. I think that was one of the positions that both teams missed between Chelsea and Liverpool at the weekend. Um, there was a lot of balls going through, like uh, breaking through the defence where a centre defensive midfielder would have kind of been sweeping and, and probably could have picked those up. So, yeah, it was evident that both teams needed a good centre defensive mid, and hopefully that's what we've got in, in Moises Caicedo. I, just, I, just, I still think that 115 mil for what is not one of the best players in the world. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but you, like, you look at what the... He's no doubt a good player, but... Yeah. But the thing is, you look at... 100 100 mil for Rice makes sense because he is arguably in the top five best midfielders in the world. Mm. But this guy, I don't even think he's in the top 10. No. So 100 more than Rice, really. And what's going to be annoying is, and I I was going to get onto this uh, with some of the West Ham signings because we've made signings, Joe, Mm. is it makes average players more expensive. Yeah. Which doesn't help the smaller teams. No. Um, and the reason why I, I, I would bring up West Ham is because we've signed both um, Edson Alvarez, who I don't know much about, um, but he's signed from Ajax, and Ajax are a decent team, um, Champions League team, so he must have some qualities. I've heard he's pretty good. But we've also signed, signed James Ward-Prowse. Now, I think we've overpaid James Ward-Prowse. Brilliant player, scores plenty of goals from set pieces and gets um, a good handful of assists, but... £30 million for a 28-year-old who only gets goals through set pieces and contributes only a, a couple more assists than any other player. £30 mil seems a bit too much for me for a player like that. It's a lot. It's a lot. And for a player who plays for a team that got relegated last season. Exactly. And he has no European experience. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have many international caps. He, I think he's got 11. Um, it's not to say he's not a good player, though, because he no, was no, definitely a big he, fish he is, in a small pond he, at, at that spot. He is, he is a good player. Mm. What I'm saying is is these overinflated price, prices on other players who aren't necessarily the best in the world make these average or you know okay players like Rod Prowse also inflate their mm. prices, which Ben Johnson, West Ham's right back, mm-hmm. right? He could be worth upwards of 20 million at this rate. Mm. But he's not. He's he's seven mil max. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, and, and he would have to go to be a starting player. He would have to go into the championship, and championships would have would struggle to spend twenty millions on a player. Yeah, on one player. Well, That's what I'm saying. This, That's what I don't is, like. This is the thing. Obviously, football. There's no secret of football. Like inflation in football has been 
dramatic over the last 10 years. And maybe even over the last five years, it's, it's, it's gone up exponentially. They're kind of going off on a tangent in a way. This is why I'm worried about the Saudi league because yeah. they're pushing them prices up. They're, these teams are willing to pay, what was it, like 300 million for Mbappe? Yeah, or near silly. enough. That's just ridiculous. It's it's silly money. And yeah. like you say, Mike, all it's going to do is it's going to mean that other teams are going to have to somewhat match that for, for the bigger players, which means yeah. that everyone's value is going to rise. And then, yeah, like you say, a team that's only got a Luton, for instance, who has only got a 10,000-seater stadium, their income's not going to be huge. Are they going to be mm-hmm. willing to drop thirty grand on? Uh, sorry, thirty grand, thirty million on a, on on a Premier League standard midfielder just to stay in the Premier League? They're not going to be able to do it. Well, I mean, it would be a thirty million pound player who, in most Premier League teams, would be a backup for them. It would be a first a first player because it's a step up for them because they've just come from the Championship. Yeah. But a thirty million pound player. Mm. Is a is a backup like Ward Prowse at the moment at West Ham? He'll be a backup. He's he's not ahead of Paqueta. He's not ahead of Bowen. He's not ahead of Suchek. Mm. He's a different player to Suchek. And we've got Alvarez to contend with as well. Well, that's the thing. Like, it, it's it's not going to take long for a, a team to even stay in the Premier League, or not even to compete for the for the title, but to even stay in the Premier League. Your starting eleven is going to be a billion pound team. Yeah, it's not going to take long that's until like, that's, that's the going. case. That's the way it's going, yeah. and that is just stupid money. Like you say, clubs at lower down the chain are just not going to get a look in, and it's it, football is then just going to be uh, a business. And yeah. well, I mean, it is, it, it is, it is already going down that route, like you say. But Well, while we're talking about the league, Joe, mm. we was going to do our predictions for the season. Yes. So the way we're going to do this for the listeners, we're going to predict the top six, the bottom three, where West Ham and Chelsea will finish if they're not in our top six or bottom three. Uh, we'll predict the FA Cup and Carabao Cup winners, uh, the Player of the Year and the Manager of the Year. So, Joe, let, let me let me hear your top six. Okay, so I've gone from the top. I've gone champions. I hate to say it, but I think it's going to be Man City again. They looked brilliant in their first game. They're a powerhouse. They absolutely are. It's going to take a lot to knock them off their perch. So, at the moment, I think champions will be Man City. I think the top six is going to go Man City, Liverpool, Manchester United, Newcastle, Arsenal. Might be a bit of wishful thinking. Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm surprised you've put Liverpool that high, to be honest. I think with their new signings, I think they can really compete. I don't think it's so much that Liverpool are going to be really good. I think that Man United and Arsenal are going to fall out off the pace this season. See, now I don't think they will. Really? I, I, I think... I don't. I think Liverpool have done well in the transfer market, and I think they will do as well as they have done in previous years. But I think the teams that I've put above Liverpool will do even better this season, um, and just push on. Mm. So my top six is I've, I've agreed with you. City is they're, they're just going to run away with it again. 
um, with the squad that they have with Haaland, if if they can keep him fit, they've won it. It's, it's, he's a cheat code. Yeah. Second, I've gone with Arsenal again, as uh, the same as last season. I think they're gonna they're the only ones really that I think have that real tight cohesion within their team and the quality to push on and to try and uh, uh, compete with City, as well as a quality manager. Um, third, I've gone with United. Fourth, I've gone with Newcastle. Mm. Fifth, Liverpool. Sixth, I've gone with Aston Villa. Really? Yeah, I think Umayn Emery is going to do bits this season. Yeah. I. And I, I was toying between Villa and Brighton, because I think Brighton's going to have another really good season. I've, I can see Brighton having a good season, but Brighton have lost, like I said earlier, with Caicedo leaving... With Alexis McAllister leaving, yeah, that's true. And they've only just brought in Jal Pedro, who I think is going to be a pucker striker. Don't get me wrong, but he's going to take some time to settle. I think Brighton's going to be a little bit, a little bit uneven this season. It's their first time where they're going to have to be juggling Premier League games with international game uh, with European mm. games as well. Um, I think they, I think they're going to struggle a little bit. Personally, mm. just as we're talking, I'm changing where I think Chelsea's going to finish because I my my fault for sixth was I think it's going to be a tight race between Villa, Chelsea, and Brighton. Mm. But as you were just explaining that about the transfers, it made me change where I think Chelsea's finishing. And the reason why I'm not mentioning Tottenham is because I think Tottenham's going to have a dog shit season. Yeah, I think they're going to really struggle. New manager, lack of Harry Kane, haven't, of Harry Kane. haven't really made many. Signings yet, and I don't know about them. The goalkeeper manager. in decline. Yeah, I don't know about this manager. It's a bit of a risky move that they've taken. Yeah. So go on. What's your, what's your, what's your bottom three then? Um, my bottom three are Everton, Burnley, Luton. In that order, is yeah. that twenty to eighteen or eighteen to twenty? That's uh, eighteen to twenty. Everton, Burnley, Luton. Yeah. Okay. So, I think Everton's I've very much a two- team in decline. At the moment, I agree. They're I really agree. struggling. They managed to just survive last season. I don't think they're going to get that fortunate again this season. Burnley again. They've only just come up. I don't think they're necessarily ready to be a club that's going to pull a Brentford and stay up season after season. Then they're not going at an improving rate. They've kind of they've kind of just come in because they're better than the Championship, but not quite. Premier League level. I think Luton are the complete opposite. I think Luton are definitely coming up. They're, they've made so many changes. They're progressing really well lately, but I just don't think they're ready yet. I think they'll yeah, probably... they've done enough change No, yet. I think they're going to bob up and down between the Prem and, and the Champions League for at least two seasons before they can get up and stay up. I think the thing with Luton that's going to really, what they're going to really have to rely on is their home form, because that stadium is going to be so difficult for some of the bigger teams to perform at, because it's so enclosed and so intimate. Yeah, they're not going to be used to it, so no. I think they need to play on that. Yeah, definitely, um, and utilize that as a and make a bit of a fortress. Yeah, I think that's the only way they're going to have any chance of staying up. But even then, I, I think the quality of their players, yeah. just isn't up to scratch yet. I, to, I really hope they change my mind. They didn't. I really, I really hope they. Stay yeah, up. they 
they didn't play too bad against Brighton. I, I know the the scoreline tells a different story. They lost four one to Brighton. I I so I've agreed with two of your teams. I agree with Everton being eighteenth and Luton being twentieth. I think with Everton, you kind of see trends throughout the years, and especially as a West Ham fan, having gone through relegations. You kind of see trends that if you're fighting relegation for three or four years on the trot and don't really do much change, you're bound to get relegated. It happened with West Ham. We were fighting relegation for, again, like three, four seasons before we got relegated in 2010. So I think it's, it's about, probably about time that Evan, if they're going to go down, they're going to go down this season, I think. But my 19th, I've gone with Nottingham Forest instead of Burnley. Oh, okay. I think they're. I don't think they've done enough to warrant... I mean, they've lost a lot of key players yeah. through... Um, uh, contracts and stuff. Their goalkeeper situation hasn't really been sorted out, no. and I don't think they've brought in the the right quality players. Um, so I think, based on that, I think Burnley will probably just have enough to stay up. Yeah. Um, so that's why I've gone with Nottingham Forest instead of Burnley. Yeah. To be fair, I was torn between Burnley or Nottingham Forest. I, I, it's going to be tight between ever. I think Luton is going to be home and dry. They're going to be relegated with games to go. Yeah. It's going to be very tight between Nottingham, uh, Everton, Burnley and Sheffield, I yeah. think. But with that said, so obviously you've put Chelsea in your top six. Yeah. I've, I've said Chelsea to finish seventh. Mm-hmm. Originally I said eighth. I changed it to seventh. Um, and I reckon West Ham will finish tenth. I've put West Ham a little bit higher. I've put West Ham in ninth. I think they're going to be in the upper echelons of, of the, like the, the top half of the table. But yeah, I think anywhere between 9th and 11th, I think that's yeah. where I can see him. I think I don't think the Rice situation is going to hit them as hard as people are saying it will. I think our biggest problem is the fact that we haven't brought a striker. Yeah. And David Moyes, I, th- I, he, I know he won a European trophy, but it's just the way he plays. Like, we... We, we don't play with a striker and we need a striker. Yeah, he had a very questionable season at the start. And yeah. even throughout the Premier League, he didn't have if a good Premier League last year. If he did, if we didn't win the Conference League, he would have got sacked. Yeah, 100%. Let's be honest. Like, even though yeah, like I'm waving the flag, we're European champions and it's the biggest thing to happen to West Ham in decades. But it is a it is a Mickey Mouse Cup, really. Like, if you look at the teams that are involved in that, yeah. generally, like, they're not the best European teams are they they're no. mid-table teams at best yeah it's, it's not the best of Europe is it it's look it's still a it's still a big mark to to, to make having yeah, to sure. like incorporate that travel in your season you've still got to perform in foreign countries which is difficult so yeah I think it's definitely not a downer on on West Ham but yeah, I, no, no, I don't I'm saying, think as a West Ham fan, I love. Yeah, it, but I don't. I, yeah, but fan. I don't think it it should overshadow the fact that Moyes didn't perform in the Premier well, in, 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 in the Premier yeah. League. And I don't think we will again this year. No, I don't think we've concentrated on the right areas. No. I think we got to, we I mean, we needed to concentrate on the midfield because we lost Rice. Yeah, but we're concentrating so defensively. I don't know why we need a striker. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think. We got Ariola. Looks like he's going to be our first, um, our first choice goalkeeper. I don't rate him at all. Mm. Um, I don't think he's quality enough for Premier League. Yeah, uh, and we should have gone for the likes of like Henderson or Pickford. Yeah, I, he, you brought up Pickford. Then I, I could see Pickford moving in 
in the uh, winter transfer. I've, in the winter transfer? Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to go just yet. But I've got a feeling Everton are going to be performing poorly. And I think Pickford's head's going to turn and it's going to gain the interest so of, you, of a lot of It's clubs. not often you see goalkeepers move in January, let alone a, goal, a, club, a goalkeeper for a club that may be let's say for argument's sake they're fighting relegation at that point you don't ever see a, a decent goalkeeper move from a relegation stricken team no. you know Ben Foster never did when he was at no. his various clubs and he's a decent Premier League or was a decent Premier League standard goalkeeper or Jack Butland Green back in the day yeah. Jack Butland yeah. I suppose you get the dud deal because nobody wants to sign a goalkeeper that plays for a team who's in the relegation zone because it doesn't show them in the best of light. But I think Pickford is a good. Oh no, keeper. I think I, I think the opposite. Oh okay. It's it, it, there's no. You look back at the last list of ten goalkeepers that we've had playing for England as England number one, and not maybe not ten, maybe in the last five. One of them played for a top four team. That was Joe Hart. Yeah. David James, Portsmouth. Relegation team. Mm-hmm. Robert Green, West Ham, relegation team. Mm-hmm. Um, Pickford, Everton, relegation team. Or relegation fighting team. Mm-hmm. I think goalkeepers show their worth when they're fighting relegation because they're getting used more often, they're more busy. Whereas the teams at the top, you kind of, you don't get to see their full potential. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's Because they're, cause, cause they're, they've you know got I mean? pucker defenders in front of them. They can almost take the day off. Yeah, 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 no, that's a that's a fair that's a fair <clears throat> assessment. I think. So I think I think relegation is the true test for a goalkeeper, yeah. rather than being in a decent team. Yeah, and I really like Pickford, and do you know what? I I would really like Chelsea to to maybe have a look down that road because of um, another bit of news from from today. Um, Kepa has signed a loan deal yeah. Real Madrid yeah, that's interesting. because of um, Courtois is out with an ACL, I think it was, wasn't it? So yeah, he's going to yeah. be out for the best part of the season. Well, he's out for 18 months, I think. That's oh, right. is it 18 months? Wow. Um, yeah, which is interesting because obviously David De Gea is on a free. He's Spanish and has had rumours over the years that he was going to go to Real Madrid. Mm. Um and the fact that they've just, they've opted for a loan move for Kepa instead of signing someone for free, yeah. Um, so I wonder if he was asking for too much money, or or if if they were worried that when Courtois comes back, that the Gea will put up a, a stink about it, or yeah, you know, they would have to pay him too much. And then when Courtois comes back, they're paying for know, two, two massive wages yeah. for the goalkeeper, and then they have to wait for him to leave. Yeah, maybe the loan deal it. was perfect for him. Yeah. So go on, Joe. What's your prediction for the FA and Carabao Cup? I like Newcastle for the Carabao Cup. I think Newcastle are going to be high, try, aiming high in the Premier League, but they're going to want silverware to just cement the rise in quality. I don't quite think an FA Cup, but I think definitely a Carabao Cup. They they could they could be taking home next season. In terms of the FA Cup. I'm torn between a few clubs, Man City, Arsenal, probably Man City or Arsenal. I'd love a Chelsea, but <laughs> I don't know if if we if we're sitting at sort of seventh or eighth in the in the league, then I suppose we could. It would it would cause them to put a yeah, little bit more pressure on on getting the FA Cup. 
I think Chelsea will get into the later rounds, but I can't see him winning it. I think I think Man City. I like Man City or Arsenal for the FA Cup. So it's interesting because Carabao Cup. I've also gone for Newcastle. Oh, really? Uh, for exactly the same reasons as you. They're gonna they're gonna be pushing hard to try and keep that um, championship Champions League place, mm-hmm. but they're they're gonna want to want they're gonna want silverware. Um, and not many of the big boys take the Carabao Cup all that seriously, I don't think. No. So I think they probably, they might just utilise that yeah. and take that quite seriously. Yeah. Um, but FA Cup, I've gone with Man United. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think they're going to do more of a push. For, I think Arsenal are going to be focusing on the league. Mm. City, I think, they're, they're kind of... Where they've done the triple last season, they're going to be... I think they're going to feel the pressure of trying to, do, trying to emulate that this season. Yeah. So I think Man United... Where the pressure's not really on them too much, but they're gonna again, they're gonna want silver, yeah, because it's Man United. Mm-hmm. So I reckon they'll put their eggs in that basket. Yeah, um, I reckon they're gonna try and focus more on FA Cup and Champions League than they will on the league. How are you? I've gone with your most hated player, Declan Rice. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing, Joe? We're so in sync. I've got. I love you. Because I, I said I said I don't want to do the cop out thing and choose. No, Haaland I think I, I think the the safe bet is is gonna be Haaland. but I think Declan Rice he, he's gonna have a spotlight on him this season from his performance in Arsenal's first game. He did pull it out of the bag. Uh, I think there's gonna be a lot of eyes on Declan Rice, and I think he's definitely gonna be up there for like either a player's player or or a, a player of the year. I, I, again, exactly the same reasons as you. I, I think, as a West Ham fan, I know his quality and I know he's one of the best midfielders in the world. I think him being around um, better quality players will only emphasise that. Um, and I and I, there's going to be a lot of eyes on him this season as well because of his price tag and his move and all this kind of stuff. So there's going to be more people taking notice of his playing. Uh, so, and I think that will work instead of for that player of the year. Um, but I was I was also toying with Tony Oli because he's a decent player, yeah. um, and I think he's going to be pivotal for Newcastle's season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, Declan Rice. Yeah, I'm glad you agree. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, manager, of you? I've gone with Thomas Frank. Remind me who he manages. Um, he is a Brentford manager. Okay. Yeah, I think Thomas Frank is a really good manager. And I think he's flown under the radar for the last couple of seasons. Um, he's done incredibly well with Brentford in this whole situation with them coming up to the Premier League and then almost becoming a cemented team in the Premier League straight away. Right. Um, I think it is, he's an incredible manager. Um, and he's also got very on sort of hands-on with the actual running of the club as well as the management of of the team. And I think that's what's been a bit of a key when it's come to um, Brentford's success because everyone's singing from the same hymn sheet. But I think Thomas Frank is a really underrated... Not underrated because he's a highly rated manager. But I think he's flown under the radar. I think Brentford are going to do really well this season and I I, I hope he's going to get the recognition. How about you? That's interesting. That's, 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 that's a one out of left field, mm. that one. I think the obvious answer normally would be Pep Guardiola. Yeah. But I think because I don't think they're going to do the triple again or, or the quadruple, I still think that 
either Arteta or um, Eddie Howe should have won manager of the season last season. Yeah. But because he's won the triple, you kind of have to give it to yeah. him. However, I think Arteta's, I think both of them have sort of cemented their place in the top four. Mm. And I think if they get the top four, it's not going to be out of the ordinary. No. So I'd, that's why I didn't choose any of those, both of those. So I've gone for the manager that I think, if my prediction for their, where they finish in the league happens, would be an incredible um, achievement for. And that's Umar Emery for Aston Villa. Uh, I think if Villa gets sixth, like I, like I predict that they will, I reckon that's an incredible feat of management and... Ish. I think that that that, that, yeah. that 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 would just signify as to why I think he would get it because I, I don't think many people would I think people would be shocked if uh, Villa got into Europa League. Yeah. Um, See, I didn't. And I think that'd be largely down to. Emery. I didn't think of Unai Emery because I I'm the opposite. I don't think Aston Villa are going to do very well this season. But you're right in the way. Yeah, if if Aston Villa do pull their shit together and improve on what was a mediocre season last season. Um, yeah, I do think he'll, he'll get the recognition. Um, Eddie Howe was a great shout. I didn't think of Eddie Howe. But I think if we're right in the in the sense that of, um, of Newcastle getting a third or fourth and getting a piece yeah, of silverware from, yeah. from either the FA Cup or, or Carabao Cup, I think Eddie Howe would be a great shout for that. Well, there you go. So that's our prediction. We'll see how they go on. Um, I think we're going to try and do a prediction later on in the season for European competitions. Yeah, once they start. Uh, Yeah. Okay, Mike. Um, Mike. Okay, Mike. Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, it's that time of the week where we have our funny headline. Police arrest goat accused of armed robbery. <laughs> what is it with you and animals? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so the article reads, police in Nigeria are holding a goat on suspicion of attempted mur- robbery. I almost said attempted murder then. Vigilante seized the black and white goat saying it was an armed robber who had used black magic to transform himself into an animal to escape after trying to steal a Mazda 323. (laughs) Mike, your thoughts. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) So, we're in a country where there's availability for Mazda 223s. Was it 223s? 323s, yeah. 323s, sorry. And they and and they think black magic's still real, <laughs> and that that someone can turn themselves into a goat of all things. And how would you identify the goat being the person that you're after? Oh, damn it. It's almost like a it's, witch hunt, a goat. isn't it? Like a goat hunt. A goat hunt. <laughs> what the fuck? The group of vigilante men came to report that while they were on patrol, they saw. Sorry, some... sorry, sorry. Hang on. Vigilante. Vigilante. Is that what I said? Vigilante. Vigilante. <laughs> Vigilante. The group of vigilante men came to report that while they were on patrol, they saw some hoodlums attempting to rob a car. They pursued them. However, one of them escaped while the other turned into a goat. <laughs> this is this is the statement from the police spokesman of the Quara State 
Tunde Mohammed. So this isn't someone just taking the piss. They actually, the police have actually made a statement on this. We cannot confirm the story, but the the goat is in our custody. <laughs> Could you imagine being given those those? Uh, those quick cards to say at a press conference. Oh, mate, I wouldn't be able to get through it. Do you think they had to, like, read it as Miranda rights? <laughs> Pat it down. When it went into the station, yeah. they had to get it to hand over all this stuff. You had the right to remain silent, and then it, and then it like, Man. goes, Man. And then in court, it's like, when he was in custody, he said, Man. which is an admittance of guilt. We cannot base our information on something mystical. It is something that has to be proved scientifically that a human being turned into a goat, he said. Belief in witchcraft is widespread in parts of Nigeria, Africa's most populous nation. Residents come to the police station to see the goat photographed the in one national newspaper on its knees next to a pile of straw <laughs> see i reckon what's happened here is these vigilantes uh were actually stealing the car someone caught them so they were like oh no it wasn't us it, it was a goat <laughs> there it is get him <laughs> someone just comes out of the corner just fly tackles the coat to the floor I need backup. Freeze! <laughs> it's just that I'm looking at the picture now of this goat and his poor little face and what it must be thinking. Well, it's just been arrested on suspicion of all. How do you charge a goat? Like. <laughs> how do you handcuff him? Yeah, how do you. Yeah. Or hoof cuff him. Hoof cuff him. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, you, do you cuff the front two and then the back two or do you. Cuff the front one to the back one, and then front one to the back one. Oh, I don't know. Do you just cuff the front ones, or do you just cuff the back ones? <laughs> do you tie them all in, in like a bunch of four and <laughs> hog tie it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it said that it was on it, his knees it, next to a pile, of, of, a pile of straw, like it was yeah, praying in its, <laughs> in its natural habitat. Yeah, just, I think. Just a bit like, Please let me out. What are you doing? Could you imagine that being your cellmate? <laughs> what are you in for? <laughs> Fuck it. Oh, man. You're a hard man. <laughs> Comes out of prison with a, a teardrop. <laughs> what did they do with his horns as well? Because technically you've just put it in there with two shanks. <laughs> <laughs> just blunt it down. I don't know where they've got the straw from, because I can't... Unless this is quite a popular thing to happen in Nigeria. I've never been to Nigeria. Maybe it's a common thing that people just claim that people turn into animals. It does say that there's there's quite a widespread, uh, widespread belief in witchcraft. So maybe this is a common thing that the police have to deal with on a daily basis. It's more like a petting zoo than it is a uh, prison at this point. <laughs> I just love it that they're taking it seriously, or not, but they are. Yeah, but that they that they have to because the the police officer says that um, it needs to be proved scientifically, and yet it's still in. Custody. But they've obviously, yeah, again because of the widespread beliefs in witchcraft, they obviously have to actually put out a statement. But did they really need to arrest the goat? I don't, I don't know. 
And surely this goat must be owned by somebody. So if someone just come home and just got where's where's my goat? And they just he gets a call from the police station saying that he got your goat in custody. <laughs> You've got to pay Good bail. <laughs> oh, not again! For fuck's sake! This fucking goat for nothing going on there. <laughs> now leave him in there. Let him think about what he's done. Yeah, do you reckon I have to do like a character witness? <laughs> Like get the farmer in or whatever to to do an interview. It's like, have you have you done any? Has he done any suspicious activities before? Any any kind of green lights or red lights glowing in your field at night? <laughs> I've got the image now. You know, like in the um, American cop films or shows when they're doing the interview, like good cop, bad cop. Trying to light the goat's face. It's just a goat chained to a table. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you get the guns? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna do. They do like a weird scream, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> As he's being tackled to the floor. Do you want to see a picture of the goat? Oh, he looks like a. He looks like a criminal. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't trust that goat around anybody, would you? No, that is, that is an untrustworthy goat. Yeah, you'd cross the road when you see that goat. I reckon. Yeah, I mean, he has sharpened his horns into a point. Yeah. So they are legitimately shanks. Yeah. And he's got the uh, snake tattoo as well up his arm. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit. he looks a bit sus, this one. He's got baggy trousers yeah. on. He's got game markings on his face. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a bad motherfucker across his forehead. <laughs> but with lots of A's, so it's this bad motherfucker. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> I think we should end the episode. Like that. that is shocking. And the fact that you're like creasing. I know, it's terrible, <laughs> isn't it? Did you want to show me the picture of the goat just so you could just say No, I'd thought of it on the spot. <laughs> but I didn't line that up. I'm actually gutted that I didn't think about it sooner. On, on that note, Joe. Uh, I think it's time we call it there. Um, this has been a quite a heavy uh, sports-based mm-hmm. episode, or football-based, let's face it, um, episode today. So, uh, Joe, I, I, obviously, we've been talking throughout the week. Um, Joe got given a, a suggestion to give a review of everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, so we're both, for next week, uh, going to be doing that. That's going to be a large part of our episode next week, I mm-hmm. think. Anyone... Uh, at all has any suggestions for what we want what, what to talk about and if you if you want to get a review on anything if you have a particular football based uh, opinion um or it doesn't have to be it could be anything you want chuck it our way we might end up talking about it you never know we're also going to be opening up the floor to um anyone who wants to introduce the uncle disco's question so hit us up send us a voice note uh, anything along the lines of welcome to this week's question from, from uncle disco anything like that um, you can find us on the various uh, social medias, usually at the Missing Intel Pod. Um, well, I think we're most we're most active on uh, Instagram, but you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on X, formerly known as Twitter. You can find us on Threads, and you can find us on TikTok. Oh, and YouTube because we're back on that. We, um, we, we're out so, of YouTube prison. Yeah. No, we've we've turned ourselves into a goat on YouTube. Yeah. Now. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get out of it. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, hit us up and let us know what you think about this pod and join the chat today. So, uh, Joe, anything, uh, anything in particular you want to end on? Nah. You have been listening to the Missing Intelligence Pod. Joe, where can people come and join the chat? Well, you can tweet us on Twitter, you can slide into our DMs on Instagram, duet us on TikTok, poke us on Facebook, don't subscribe to us on YouTube, or um, uh, what do you do on threads? I don't know. Um, like so, maybe? So us on threads? Is that a thing? I don't know. I'd... It's so new. Sew us on threads. There you go. Why not? All of them are at the Missing Intel pod. So find us there and let us know your thoughts and join the chat today.